Good morning, everyone. <laughs> oh, let's see. We have quite a few announcements. Um, just a reminder that our Sunday morning Bible study with Mike is starting at 9.30 now instead of 10. So keep that in mind. Uh, the Mud Hens game, if anyone wants to go, they need to sign up today by the end of service or by the time you leave. Um, another announcement, Pat Duty is now at the Glacier Hills Rehab Center, and we have an address and a phone number if you'd like to send her a card or visit her. Um, but call before because she is having some treatments and some physical therapy, and just you want to make sure she's going to be there if you're going to go see her. So look out for that. And she will be happy to talk to you. Yes. Um, the Clinton Clothes Closet, they're going to be opening up this next weekend, um, which is different than their usual schedule, but they're going to do that because of back to school. So, and then, it, then the, in September, they won't have their regular schedule, and they'll be back to regular schedule in October. So keep that in mind, or if you know of anybody that's going to need some school clothes, they can head, head there. Um, we are in need of people to sign up to help do the coffee hours. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet. Is that in the narthex? Okay. On the whiteboard? Okay. So if you have a Sunday that you could help bring some treats and make sure that coffee is set up and everything is cleaned up, that would be very helpful. We are continuing the meal train for Paul and Wilda. Um, if anybody were good through August, we do need to start working on September for them. Um, so in your announcements, there's a link that you can go to. There's, if anybody's familiar with QR codes, there's one hanging out on the window that you take a picture of it and it'll open that meal train right up for you. And if you don't, aren't comfortable with either of those, just give me a call and then I can log in and help you pick a date and get you on the calendar. I know they're really appreciating those meals from us. Nine thirty. I got that. Okay. I think that's all. Are we good? Uh, my same two announcements. I want to let everyone know that uh, the church choir will be starting Sunday, September eleventh. We will just meet before church and work up a hymn, and then we'll try to finalize what's going to be a good time for us to meet, because when we met last year was not real convenient, so we want to make it convenient for everyone. And also, I'd like to have a meeting on that same Sunday, September 11th, right after church, real short, to kind of discuss what's, you know, what we want to do with the bell choir, because I'm in a golf league until the end of October, so on Thursday night, so I won't be able to do rehearsals on Thursday. So just so we can kind of figure out what we'd like to do. So that's right after church on September 11th. Does anybody have any other announcements they want to mention? Okay. It's all yours, Pastor Mike. Diane? Welcome. Thank you. And who are you? I'm Diane Kieske. 
Okay. I and have been a member of this church since 1980. Okay. And before that, I joined over 60 years ago at Petersburg. Okay. You weren't there in the 80s, were you? Nope. Nope. Uh, we left there in 1969 when Bob and I got married. Okay. Because I pastored in Petersburg. I know you did. My <laughs> aunt and my mother attended while you pastored there. Absolutely. So, what's going on with all of this beautiful stuff? Well, I taught for 30 years, and I know teachers need a lot of help. A lot of money comes out of teachers' pockets. And I know that times have gotten harder and harder every year. So I kind of started this to help the Clinton schools. And it used to be that I would divide it between the elementary building and the middle school. Well, Ginny Krause was the secretary there. And at that time, I used to make sure and get a lot of the paper and colored pencils and that sort of th thing to them. Well, Ginny's not there, and I found out that uh, elementary building now has at least the fifth graders in it, okay. and teachers are wanting more and more of the journals okay. for the kids to write in. Okay. So I have just been taking it mostly to the elementary building last year, and that's what I planned this year, but it's always with the understanding that anything they don't use either goes up to the middle school, high school, or goes down to the preschool over in the other building. Okay. And I know they are in a very different position this year in the elementary building. Mm -hmm. The principal has now, within the last two or three weeks, become superintendent at Morency, and their secretary retired last spring. So things are gonna be different, different for them. And we have never had this much turned in. This is just, just wonderful. And they are so appreciative, and I am so appreciative for all that you people do. I mean, school is one of my things. We used, I used to do Meals on Wheels after Arlene. Um, just like that, I brought up the name of a preschool. Schrader. <laughs> Arlene Ringel came to mind. She was one of my teaching assistants. And so when Arlene Schrader got beyond her, then we had another young lady who is now out in the state of Wisconsin for her with her family. So I kind of took that over. And we were doing like 77 positions of delivering meals on wheels around Tecumseh part of the northern part of Adrian and here in Clinton. Well, then along came COVID. Mm -hmm. And also some of the people now are being able to be paid to do it. So I have just kind of opted out. They know that they can call me if yep. they need me. But then the other thing that I like to do is the angel tree at Christmas time. Cool. So, but right now, this is the biggie. Yes. 
Now, folks, thank you. Absolutely. Can I get a smile? <laughs> Amen works. I mean, folks, I'm going to parent you this morning like crazy. I can take that, Diane, if you're done. I'm done. Okay. You can, yes, you can. Be sure to remember to elbow your husband. <laughs> uh, um, folks, y'all do so much, and you don't celebrate it. Okay. You all are not just a little light. You do some important things for each other and in this community. All right? And I know there's that verse in Scripture that says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Okay? But you all are a light. Don't cover that light up. Don't cover that light up. Okay? People desperately need that light. We're not talking just about poor, needy people. We're talking about everybody in this community. It's not about bragging. Okay, it's not about bragging. I have certain lines from movies and television shows that help me through different situations. And one of them is, this is not brag, this is just fact. Okay, just fact. There are going to be lots of children blessed. Amen? Amen. You ain't loud enough. Amen. One of these days you're going to be loud enough that this whole town is going to hear you. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, if you will all stand for our call to worship. What we really want to ask you, Lord Jesus, is this. Open wide your kingdom. It is from your kingdom that all good gifts come. From that place of blessing, stretch out your own hand and touch our heads. Let us feel the touch of you, your hand, and receive the joy of the Holy Spirit that we may be blessed evermore. Amen. And now if you'll join me for our first hymn, number 701, When We All Get to Heaven. This is a camp meeting hymn. 
Sung. Now, if you'll take a minute, um, we're going to do our celebration of peace. So please reach out and shake somebody's hand, give them a smile, whatever you're comfortable with. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Peace be with you. You don't have to get quiet, but you do have to listen to me. We, ha we have another announcement. Next Sunday, after coffee hour, okay, there will be a safe haven training session. Safe haven is about 
keeping especially our children safe, but also each other safe. Okay? It's, let's put it this way. Altogether, too many churches, altogether, too many educational organizations around us have had problems with sexual abuse, either of children or adults. Safe haven is how to keep people safe from that. If you think you might work with the children, if you want to have information about safe haven, next Sunday after worship, it'll cost you an hour. Okay? It'll cost you an hour. Pardon? You can go to coffee hour. Okay? You can go to coffee hour. We got to keep our priorities. So, um, in here. Okay? In here. I tried to, I tried to get it so that y'all could be someplace where you could drink coffee, but... I didn't win that one. Um, anyway, um, so do keep that in mind for next Sunday. All right. Any anybody that that is going to be working with either the children, actually, the best thing is for all of us to have it. Okay, I will be here. All right, it's been three years since I had my last training, so I'm due. All righty. Um, hey, y'all, from Pat. She's about to go nuts at Glacier Hills. We have our address. We have her telephone number. She likes visits, but have they got her on a schedule? So give a call before you go, okay? Um, prayers for Mark um, Sherhart Sr., who's having medical issues. Um, I cannot pronounce Judy's last name. It looks like a T, but it's probably a J. Yagley? Thank you. Had to spell it phonetically. Keep Judy and family in your prayers. Um, Gary, um, who is um, nephew of Phyllis and Ter Terry uh, Ross, passed away from cancer yesterday. So do keep the family in prayers. There's no easy, there's no easy way through 
grief, folks. Um, some of you may know my cousin Linda used to be Corwin, now it's Cochran, um, long time, or lifetime member at the UCC Church. Uh, her husband passed away uh, this past week from a multitude of medical issues. I mean, it's really a blessing, but uh, you know, please keep Linda in your prayers. Okay. Are there others? Sorry. Yes. Giovanni Philip Mena. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> it's ready to go. So we we just have a, a blessing as well. My cousin's husband, Mike, uh, returned. I think I've actually lost count. I think he's at seven or eight tours from Afghanistan. I've lost count now. Um, but he returned on Wednesday. And he'll be home for a month, and then he goes back. So um, just a joy to have him home for another month, and then he'll go back. And he is on a 10-month contract right now. So okay. just a joy to have him back. How, Rick, how, how are Dot and Olivia doing? Okay. Okay. Um, we are not we are not out of the woods in terms of COVID, folks. Thankfully, thankfully, most cases tend to be rather mild. Okay, one, do watch yourselves. Two, if you're showing symptoms, stay home. Okay, and three, okay, if you test positive and you've been amongst us, please let us know. <laughs> Okay. Other others that we should remember this morning? Yes. Others? Folks? Prayer works. Okay? I know it works because I'm still here. 
didn't always work exactly the way I thought it would, but prayer works. And when we pray, we are doing more than we can ever imagine. Because we're not doing it by ourselves anymore. Let us pray. Blessed Jesus, what can we say? The world is such a strange mix. There's so much beauty and there's so much pain. There's wonderful things that we human beings have made. Some of us got to celebrate those yesterday. Oh, Lord, I didn't make the dream cruise on Woodward Avenue yesterday, but I know there are people here who did. And I know they saw some wonderful, beautiful machines. And Lord, on the other hand, there are times when we human beings make stuff that only hurts and destroys. Oh Lord, we see the beauty of the flowers. We know we need the rain. And oh Lord, there are times when the darkness, the fears, the worries want to push our happiness and joy out of our lives. You are the one, oh God, who when you made all that is, stopped at each step of the way and said, this is good. Oh Lord, we pray that somehow we would work with you to make sure that it gets good again. So many of our number are going through struggles. Our bodies sometimes seem like they just out and out betray us. And we don't understand the reasons for it. Some of us, oh Lord, have people that we love that They just don't seem to get it. They just don't seem to be able to add together what it's going to take for them to make their lives work, for them to be happy. For them, oh Lord, to know the reality of your blessed kingdom. 
We can't fix everything that's wrong. You can. And oh Lord, no matter what we ask, as the scripture we read in our study this morning assures us, whatever we ask, it's no more than scraps from your table because you can do so much. Oh Lord, we pray for your kingdom. Every time we lift our voices in the prayer you taught us to say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Could we take a moment and listen to God in silence? For God speaks in his turn during prayer. Amen. Okay, if you will join me in our litany for kingdom tide. We live in Christ. In him is no hatred, no violence, no jealousy, or loneliness. Christ lives in us. In him is peace and joy. In, in him are reasons for being calm. In him are reasons for working to change ourselves, our church, and our world for the better. In one another we find the treasure of life and love. In one, in one another we find something of the Lord Jesus. God's kingdom is coming in this world in which we live. In Christ, the kingdom of God is already in the world now. However, we find signs of his absence in our lives and in our world. We find idolatry and heartless ethics that teach that the ends justify the means. We are called to be Christ's body. We are to let his presence be known to the wounded, the lost, and the hopeless of our world. We are, we are to be the heralds of the kingdom. kingdom. It, it is already here, and it yet is yet is to fully come. come. Amen. And if you're able, would you stand for the Gloria?
Thank you. You may be seated. I just live from day to day, and I don't borrow from its sunshine, cause the skies might turn to gray. Touch the sky. There 
my cousin Linda and her husband Don that died. Amen. Would the children come please? kind of stuff you got in them school supplies are they heavy no there's school supplies up here in front too in just a little minute I'm going to ask the big people to surround us and we're going to do a blessing on your backpacks, okay? And on the school supplies and the backpacks up front. So are you ready for school? And, and, yes ma'am. <laughs> that was a teacher. So you're already you're already for school, right? You got all your good junk? All the stuff you're supposed to have? Some of the stuff you're not supposed to have? You didn't hide any gum or candy in there? Wow, you did good. <laughs> you did real good. What is the most fun part of school? Recess. Reading? Math? Lunch. Lunch. 
Well, we are all different, okay? There were times that I really liked recess. There were times when I really liked reading. There were times when I really liked math. And I still like lunch. We want you to feel safe. We want you to feel like you're never alone. We want you to feel and know that not only people, but God loves you. And when we invite God along on stuff, I'd love to tell you that it guarantees everything will go right. But it doesn't. However, everything will work out. And God will take care of you. Okay? God will take care of you. And around here, what we try to do is we try to remind the big people just how important you all are. I know that you know that big people can sometimes be crazy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we'd have to just leave them alone. Sometimes we have to do one of the hardest things of all and just stop. I see some smiles. Somebody else other than me has trouble just stopping. Uh, but we need to remember, okay, that they feel lonely sometimes too. And just like we feel alone, they feel alone. And just like there are times when we don't know just what God's going to work out, they don't either. But God still loves them. And God still loves you. Don't ever, ever, ever forget that. Now, amongst the things that we're going to do is we're going to give you a little something about going back to school and it's a reminder. And I'm going to give this to you. And I'm going to ask you to take it home. Okay. And share it with a big person. Okay. And... You and the big person read it together. All right.
times that you are afraid, the times that you don't feel safe, remember you're not alone. Please remember that. Okay? Let yourself have fun. Sometimes I know school gets really boring. But have fun. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt anybody else. Do good. Pay attention to God. Okay? Okay, big people. March on up here. Bring your bulletin with you. Or at least your insert, yes. Wow. Wow, you're surrounded. You can you can stand up if you want. Or you can just let the big people surround you. It's a nice change. <laughs> it's a nice change. Okay. Now, you know you're here. Okay? So I don't have to remind you of that. But we have before us not only you, okay, but we have backpacks that are going to be carried to and from school by the children and youth of our church and our community. We also have school supplies. You don't have to move. We also have school supplies, okay, to go in the backpacks. Now, these backpacks, all right, will soon contain work to be done. Yuck. Work that has to be returned, because it's homework. Eh. Notebooks, pencils, pens, protractors, compasses, crayons, rulers, scissors, glue sticks, and what did I leave out? Journals, what else? Oh, well, the other stuff, okay. They'll find their way into and out of these backpacks. Some days, so much stuff will fill these backpacks that you and the other students may find it difficult to walk. Do you ever have your... Do you really carry two backpacks? Okay. Whew. I was getting worried about you, girl. <laughs> Other days, they will be light and nearly empty. On each and every day, these backpacks and these supplies will represent Clinton, United Methodist Church's heartfelt concern for you. 
and for all the other children who receive these backpacks and this school supplies. Each and every day, these backpacks and supplies will represent us, the big people, our hope that you and the other children will be blessed and will have success in school, that you'll feel good about what you're doing. Would you join me, folks? Let us pray. Gracious God, now we bring you not only these backpacks and supplies, we also bring to you our students and the students who will receive these expressions of our concern for them. We ask your blessing on these things that are our effort to show that we care. We ask your blessings on the students who receive them. Keep the students safe. And we ask that you help the students commit themselves to study and learning in the year ahead. As students carry these backpacks and supplies, let them remember your love and care that surrounds them each day. We pray as well for the teachers and administrators in our schools. May they also be sustained by your blessing. Keep them safe as each embraces their call to teaching and learning. We pray in the name of Jesus, the greatest teacher. Amen. Go for it. Okay. No, you don't have to apologize. <sighs> Blessed to be a blessing, loved and prayed for by the Clinton United Methodist Church for your backpack. For your backpack. for your backpack. Yes, you do. Thank you for reminding. Okay. There's two sides to it, okay? It's a reminder. You're surrounded by the big people who care about you. Remember that? Okay. Sometimes it's not easy to, because things go weird. But you're surrounded by people who love you. Okay? Always remember that. Now, big people, go sit down. <laughs> Thank you. Should we be nice to them and, and let them share suckers? Okay. Yes. Thank you for the reminder. 
You don't like grape? No, that's disgusting. There's, uh, grape is cherry? No. Orange? No. Chocolate? Okay. Now that you left, okay, I need some I need some some kid help here. Okay. Would our ushers come and could I have kid help? All right, noisy offering this morning. There are extras of these? Yes, sir, ma'am. Oh. Would you like an offering plate? Okay. Any plate? Upper or lower? <laughs> we're, we're working on it. Thank you. Oh. I had a friend, a very dear friend. I would ask him, how are you doing? And he would say, never better. I'm a Methodist, I'm going on to perfection. Thank you. Are you, are, are, are you, okay. We haven't been collected yet. You haven't? No. Well, go get money. <laughs> We're waiting for you to sing. What do I need to sing? The doxology? Yeah. Okay. That's after you get the yeah, that where go get more money. <laughs> it, Carl Carl. Carl, you and I were having too much fun. We both got distracted. You all, you, you all didn't hear it, okay, but, but I, I, I asked Carl, what are you waiting for? And, and he said, we're waiting for a plate. And I said, upper or lower?
thank you. So often what you would do to the people closest to you when they ask you what the kingdom of God looks like, you would point to the children. Thank you, O Lord, for the children who are here with us. Thank you for what they have to teach us. Thank you, O Lord, for the lessons we can learn from them. Thank you for the gift of them. Receive our gifts, O oh Lord. The gifts of the backpacks and the school supplies, bless them, O oh Lord, in the lives of the children who receive them. O oh Lord, our gifts of money, take them. Use our gifts as seed. O oh Lord, make the kingdom of God grow and bear fruit. Hear our prayer. Amen. The hymn of preparation is 496. Since he bids me 
face, believe his word and trust his grace. I'll cast on him my every care and wait for thee, sweet hour of prayer. Thank you. You may be seated. Beautifully sung. Beautifully sung. The scripture focus is really the whole of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. But I'm just going to focus on one verse, and that's verse 12. Indeed, this is our boast the testimony of our conscience. We have behaved in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God, and all the more toward you. Now, if you don't get anything else out of the sermon this morning, Okay, I hope you get this. Our heritage, both as Christians and Methodists, is living gracefully. That means full of the divine presence in simplicity and sincerity by receiving the gifts of God and contributing to the betterment and beauty of all God's people and all God's creation. If you don't get anything else, I hope you hear that, okay? Today, we often allow ourselves to remain pretty much illiterate. Sure, we know how to read and write well enough to get by. We may know enough math to make change or balance our checkbook or fiddle with a computer. I'm showing my age, okay? You noticed how I did that? Balancing the checkbook? Some, huh? Some of us still have to do it. Some of us still have to do it. But mo, mo, I've been finding as I've been talking to, to people under 40, a checkbook? What's a check? Literacy is about more than three R's, more than reading, writing, and arithmetic. Literacy has to do with knowing what we need to know to make it through life. Sadly, we leave ourselves ignorant. We don't seek what we desperately need to really live a meaningful life. And we cripple ourselves. We hobble along. We know a little bit about ourselves. We don't know who we are emotionally. We don't know who we are spiritually. Most of us know next to nothing about our religious heritage. We neither know who we have been or what we believe as Christians. We neither know who we have been or what we believe as United Methodists. 
Ours is a complex and overwhelming world. I talk to, to and listen to the young people, and I am so glad I am not 18. I'm so glad I'm not a teenager. It was hard enough the first time. And I would not want to do it again. You have my prayers. We are to live effectively as Christians. We are to live effectively as United Methodists. And it's important to know at least a little bit about how we have become who we are. We United Methodists trace our roots back to John and Charles Wesley. Okay. I hope to not have the experience that one of, uh, Bill, one of our clergy colleagues had. She did a sermon on John Wesley, and one of the members came up afterwards and said, who is this guy, John Wesley? And they weren't joking, Bill. They were serious. They didn't know. They were raised in a Christian home. It was the home of a country parson in England. John and his uh, Brother Charles were both educated at Oxford University. As an aside, they were both homeschooled by their mother. Okay, And they were both ordained as priests in the Church of England. Yet, even though they had holy orders, okay, they were priests, they were still seekers. There was a hole somewhere in their heart, in their spirit. Neither of them was satisfied with the church in which they ministered. Imagine that, Bill. And neither one of them was satisfied with their personal spiritual lives. These were guys that would get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, pray, read their Bible, okay, do church work all day, go home, say prayers before bed, and they didn't feel like they're spiritual life was fulfilling. They felt something was missing, but they were not sure just what. Both John and Charles Wesley kept extensive journals Almost daily, they wrote about their lives and their times. They are interesting reading, and they are informative. There's an important entry in his journal on May 14, 1738. John Wesley wrote that he went to a Bible study in a house on a London back street. He didn't want to go. 
Surprise, surprise. But his friends said, you got to come, John. So he went. It was at this meeting Wesley felt his heart strangely warmed. He said, I felt that I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation. And an assurance was given me that he has taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. John Wesley came to the moment when he realized he didn't have any problems with God and God didn't have any problems with him. Wow. Just wow. There are people that have problems with my bedside manner when somebody's dying. Because what I do is I ask them two questions. Do you have any problems with God? If the answer is yes, the next question is, what do you need to do to get it sorted out? And then I ask the question, does God have any problems with you? If the answer is yes, what do you need to do to get it sorted out? If you think I can help with that, I'd be very happy to. But I thank you and God just really need to have a pretty intense conversation. An honest and intense conversation. It was not long after this moment on Altersgate Street that Wesley began to preach in the fields and in the houses. He was given to preaching three or four times a day, almost every day. He awakened at 4 a.m., would often preach at 5 a.m. Would you all be here next Sunday at 5 a.m.? No? <laughs> I got one taker. <laughs> okay. Rarely would he preach after 7 p.m. So there went the Wednesday night Bible study. There were reports that when Wesley preached in the fields, he could be heard upwards of a mile away. His sermons were simple and sincere by the standard of his day. However, we would find them to be rather long and complex. I read one of Wesley's sermons to one of my churches. Half the folk fell asleep. 
I thought it was a really engaging sermon. The scripture for 2 Corinthians is the text for Wesley's sermon, The Witness of Our Own Spirit. It is a good example of why farmers and miners would stop at 5 a.m. on their way to their daily toil to hear Wesley preach. I won't preach Wesley's sermon. And the people said, thank God. Amen. But I will summarize it. Okay. The focus of the sermon is about knowing and experiencing firsthand the love of Jesus. Not something merely of the intellect, but something of the heart. Wesley asserts that every person can have the assurance and know the joy of God's love for them. That every person can know that they can be freed from a guilty conscience by experiencing God's forgiveness. You know how come psychoanalysts make so much money? Guilt and shame. The good news that Jesus brought is me and dad have that worked out. Hmm. Wesley and other sermons preach that God loves everyone no matter who their parents might be and no matter how rich or poor they might be and God gives everyone an opportunity to enter the kingdom of God. John Wesley's words were music to the ears of the common folk who had been told for hundreds of years that they were poor and without status in the world because God had predestined them to hell and poverty. Most people during John Wesley's time believed that God had already decided everything, so all a human being had to do was suffer their fate, whether it was good or bad. And John Wesley said to that, no. No. God makes a way so every person gets a chance. The only question is, will we say yes to the opportunity or not? It's not about a guilt trip. It's not about rehearsing our failures. Okay? Very rarely will you hear me use the phrase, 
born again. And the reason you won't hear me say it is because most people have no clue what it's about. What if you were born again without any of the baggage you've accumulated in your journey so far? Without the mess that your parents made of you? Without the guilt and the shame? What would your life look like? And you came to hear this this morning. What would your life look like? Okay. As the sermon, the witness of our own spirit continues, Wesley picks up the theme of simplicity and sincerity in our whole conversation. Now, Wesley was a student of biblical languages. In his day, he was a genius. He was highly productive. We would call him a type A personality. Okay. He wrote lexicons, introductions to Hebrew, Greek, and Latin grammar. And in this sermon, he analyzes the word translated conversation. Sort of like, Sheila, we analyzed the word dog this morning. <laughs> okay. It's clear from Wesley's studies that he understood that conversation had to do with more than just talking. Now we would say that it meant something like lifestyle or don't just talk a good game, play a good game. Or if you talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. Conversation is used in this scripture had to do with the totality of one's life. And the totality of our lives, our Christian lives, is to be simple and sincere. Wesley believed and preached that simplicity could only be achieved by sharpness of focus and singleness of purpose. The three rules of Methodist church. Okay. Did you hear him in the conversation with the children? Do no harm. Do good. Pay attention to God. Simple? Yes. Easy? No. Our focus needs to be on God alone. Our single purpose, that of doing God's will. People have asked me, Mike, what does God want me to do? What is God's will? And my reply is generally, what's within reach?
Thank you, Diane. It was within reach, wasn't it? You weren't sure it was going to be, but it was, wasn't it? Okay? Rummage sale. What was the final deposit? How did that happen? How did that happen? See, we tend to look on the bad stuff and we don't remember the good stuff. This isn't brag, folks. This is fact. The rummage sale isn't brag. The rummage sale is fact. Wesley viewed sincerity as an expression of honesty. In other words, if you are sincere, then you will do what you intend to do and you do what you say you will do. Ouch. You know the biggest problem that children have with big people? We don't do what we say we're going to do. And we wonder why they don't believe us. They wonder why they don't obey us. We wonder why they don't watch their mouths. In other sermons and in his own life, Wesley made it clear that he thought simplicity had to be exercised in every aspect of a Christian's life. Wesley considered simplicity a vital key in personal holiness. We may e he may even have used simplicity as a synonym for holiness. We don't talk about holiness very much in the church anymore. We've lost the meaning of it. Okay, what is holiness about? To put it simply, is holiness is organizing our lives in ways that make room for God. To call something holy is to say, God is here. This is a holy sanctuary. God is here. Can I get an amen? amen? A big part of achieving that simplicity from Wesley's perspective had to do with a witness against decadence. Okay? He had a very simple definition of decadence. Self-indulgence. I made a trip. It seems like eight, it was ages ago. 
Oh my, it was 40 years ago. I made a trip to Haiti. Uh, and the Haitian pastor there blew my mind because he preached a sermon against buying batteries for transistor radios. And I said, help me understand this. And he said, Mike, you need to understand, okay, the people I, were preaching, I was preaching to, they will buy batteries for their transistor radios before they get food for their children. Was he right? Hmm? Wesley taught people should dress plainly. No flashy colors. I wonder if my stripes would be too much. No jewelry, no fancy hats, nothing that would be singular or draw attention to yourself. And everything had to be inexpensive. Bill, after you left Dundee, I was horrible. First minister after you was a woman. And I thought it would probably be the men that would be the problem. But it was the women. And they were saying, a woman cannot preach. A woman cannot teach. We're conservative. We've got to do things the old way. It's a good thing that my wife is more sane than I am. You remember, you, you remember how that, the, the old sanctuary there was set up? I was going to run newsprint down the middle of it. Eight feet high. And I was going to have the women on one side and the men on the other. And I was going to have ushers at the doors with boxes saying to the women, okay, off with all the jewelry. Well, will you get it back? No. This is going to help pay the utilities. She talked me out of it. She talked me out of it. Needless to say, I was upset. Needless to say, I was upset. Okay. What will it mean for us to live simple lives? What will it mean for us to live plain lives? Okay. He taught against drinking spirits. That's distilled liquors. We had this conversation at Bible study this morning. Okay? It wasn't against alcohol in every form because he was a priest of the Church of England. Guess what you still use for communion in the Church of England? Wine. And one of the rules that Wesley had was if you're a Methodist, you go to communion every Sunday. Every Sunday. 
in the Wednesday class meeting, one of the questions was, did you attend upon the Lord's Supper this week? He taught against gambling. He taught people to identify what they needed to live and to live with that as they pursued God's will. He taught that the focus on fashion, other people's opinions, or on their own wants was more distraction, was no more than distraction from God's will. That's hard for us moderns to listen to. The goal was to live frugally, to be able to personally minister to others as an expression of God's love and thereby create opportunities to spread the gospel in practical ways, not just in words. Wesley and the early Methodists ministered by clothing the naked, feeding the hungry, housing the homeless, teaching the illiterate, tending the dying, visiting the imprisoned, protecting women and children from exploitation. It's hard for us to imagine, okay? But the four young ladies that were up here this morning probably would not have survived past their fifth birthday. And the reason they would not have survived past their fifth birthday, oops, okay, is because women in the family generally got fed last. And can you imagine a four-year-old threading a power loom while it's still going. And if the loom pulled her into it and took a finger or a hand or an arm, it got tossed out the window. She got paid nothing because she didn't work a full day and she got sent home. That was the world John Wesley was addressing. Boys were put in 18-inch tunnels in coal mines and copper mines. They were the only ones that would fit. It wasn't just about being frugal so a person could give more money to the church. It was about being frugal so someone would have the resources for personal discipleship, for personally doing God's will. What is God's will? It is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. It's in there. Although we don't say it much, discipleship's about obedience. Obedience isn't a burden, it's a limit. We can do pretty much what we want and still be obedient. 
God doesn't micromanage us. However, we can't lie, cheat, or steal and be honest. We can't screw around and be chaste. We can't physically, spiritually, or emotionally abuse another person and call ourselves loving or a person of peace. Pretty simple, isn't it? Is it easy? No. The surprising thing is, when we live simply and sincerely, we will be blessed. Sometimes very blessed. And we might be so blessed that some of those other things that we hoped for and dreamed of turn into realities. It's amazing what can happen when you're not turning every other cent into alcohol or drugs. This is just the tip of the iceberg of our Christian and our Methodist heritage. And you're saying, thank God, that's a big iceberg already. Thank you for sticking with me. Okay. I try to be good, but I only get you once a week. I don't want to be oppressive, but I want to make use of the time. God is good. It's easy to forget it. Okay? And God has blessed us in so many ways. Thank you. And we don't celebrate it. You all, I can't say it enough. I'll keep repeating it till it's not true anymore. You all here in this church, Clinton United Methodist Church, are extremely active disciples of Christ who are the best kept secret in the community. You touch people's lives. You touch people's lives. We were talking this, this morning in, in Bible study. Why would Jesus tell people to not say anything about him healing them or casting out devils from them or raising them from the dead or curing their blindness? Okay. And, you know, the, the, the cheap version is he was just using reverse psychology. But what is the best way to get people to not talk about something? Tell them not to. So maybe, in, uh, maybe we should change you know, the bottom of the front page of the bulletin from remember to say something good about your church to someone this week to don't say nothing to anybody about church this week. 
this church isn't about me. It's about us. And most importantly, it is about God and Jesus. And this world, this world desperately needs the good news. Not spam in a can. The real good news. I will shut up because he leadeth me to. That's the, that's the closing hymn, 128. Join me in the benediction. Blessed Jesus, risen Lord, you never rest from the harvest of the kingdom. You sow the gospel in every heart. You heal, you teach, you help those in need. 
Show us how to join you in your labor of love. Whatever that labor may be, help us to work for the well-being of your children and your creation and to the glory of God. Amen. Amen.